This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Evening, everyone. How you doing? Sarah Langdon here with you on the Late Late Show. It is Monday, the nineteenth of December. How are we doing? Oh my goodness, Christmas is in like less than a week. Is that even a thing? I hope everyone's had a wicked week. Hopefully people have broken up for Christmas now. Getting ready for a breather till January. Some of us are still teaching. I've got a fantastic guest joining me tonight. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Can I just say, did the technology just work? What is that even about? Evening, everyone. How are we doing? Welcome along to the Late Late Show. My name is Sarah Langdon. I hope you are all doing well. Oh, it's nearly Christmas. How are we all this feeling? This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. See, I knew I spoke too soon. Of course, it wasn't going to work. How hilarious was that? Oh, my gosh. Right. Okay. So I'm super excited to be here with you tonight. My guest is going to be jumping into the studio very, very shortly, I hope. And I am... I'm really excited tonight, but also I kind of feel a little bit privileged because... The person that is joining me this evening, I have known them for, well, I've known them for nearly 10 years, which is terrifying to start with. When we had a conversation the other day, they were like, I can't believe it's been that long. I was this age the other day. And I was like, I know I was 40 last month. Dreadful. Um, And so I I kind of feel like I've been a little bit honoured to watch their journey from where they began joining. They they started teaching before I did. and seeing sort of how they've progressed to where they are today. And my guest this evening is a person whose name is Steph Levey. Now, if you are a regular watcher of BBC's The One Show, there are other channels and television programmes available, obviously, um, you will have seen Steph receive her... received their Pearson's FE Lecturer of the Year for 2022. And this was a culmination of many, many years of work and commitment and dedication to their students. And this was recognised with this amazing achievement. And I know that they are trying to get into the studio. So I'm going to keep talking to you whilst I try and track them down. Um, so first of all, if anyone has any questions that they would like to ask Steph this evening, do get in touch and I will be able to put any questions to them this evening. They're just messaging me. Click into the studio. (laughs) This is live radio for you. That's what this is. It's great. I love it. They're more tech savvy than me as well. Um, So hopefully they are going to be joining us very, very soon. We're going to talk all about how they started their journey in um, education, delivering education in 2013 um, as a learning development assistant right up to now, where not only have they won the Pearson's Award, but they are also responsible for some amazing initiatives that were put into place during lockdown. Welcome, Rupinder. I can see that you are listening this evening. Rupinder was my guest two shows ago. Can you believe that was six weeks ago, Rupinder? My goodness, that's mad, isn't it? Um, Right, hopefully Steph is going to be able to jump in and join us very, very shortly. Um, So I'm really, really excited to talk to her today. And she's also, uh, they're also going to be telling us about the the moment that they won the award and were presented with it at Adrenaline Alley in Corby, a place very close to Steph's heart and also one of the most inspiring students as well. Is she there? Where are you, Steph? 
<laughs> I love live radio. Isn't it great? Oh, gosh. Okay. Bear with me one minute. Aha. I hear a noise. I know the I know Rupinda the anticipation. Do you know what? When you sent me that message, then I got all excited because I thought that noise meant that Steph had come into the studio. You, 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 you're terrible. Right. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find the news. I'm going to play the news for us, and I will see if I can figure this out. Okay. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore a full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The long debate as to whether a Yorkshire pudding belongs on a Christmas dinner has often been a talking point on social media. This year, however, the debate has reached new heights after an 11-year-old schoolgirl was left unimpressed by the failure to include her favourite item on the school Christmas lunch. The Daily Mirror carries details after the pupil's letter to her head teacher was shared on social media. The 11-year-old pupil from a Lancashire primary school sent the strongly worded email after she noticed that none of the pupils were served Yorkshire puddings, but staff were. The email referred to the puddings as food of the gods and as golden delicacies and described the actions of the school as cruel and callous. Puddings for all were demanded going forward. The head teacher took the complaint seriously, but in good humour, and even agreed to take part in a conciliatory dance-off to make up for it. The dance-off was conducted in front of the whole school, with only one clear winner, the 11-year-old. So for all those still debating whether Yorkshire puddings belong on a Christmas dinner, be prepared to hit the dance floor to settle the argument. Chester Zoo and the University of Chester have joined forces for a new course focusing on conservation and sustainability education. This course offers a, the first opportunity anywhere in the world for education professionals to gain a recognised qualification. The course will launch in 2023 and allow those studying to gain a postgraduate certificate. The course aims to provide educators with knowledge and skills needed to help learners maximise the impact they can have in carving a better future for the planet. Full details of the new course can be found on the University of Chester website. Whilst recruitment and retention of teachers and other professionals in the UK has been a frequent topic of discussion, Nigerian news outlet The Nation looks at the topic from another angle. The article focuses on what it describes as a mass exodus of licensed medical doctors and other health professionals to more developed countries, and now the fear is changes to UK immigration rules will have a further impact on the education sector. According to a recent announcement from February the 1st, 2023, teachers from Nigeria and other countries who qualify will be able to apply to, te to be teachers in the UK. Whilst this is a step in the right direction for recruitment in the UK, there are fears in Nigeria and other nations that this will lead to a further brain drain that can only have a negative impact on the youth of these other nations. Finally, with many schools already broken up for the Christmas break, it's left only to wish all school staff an enjoyable holiday. While sending solidarity to those who, according to a recent teacher tap survey, are pushing on into this week, particularly to the 7% of staff 
who don't break up until Friday the 23rd of December. Keep going. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the 50th episode of Two Minute Tech. This week, I want to make an appeal. I'd love to know about real classroom tech situations. I want to speak to teachers of all subjects about how they use tech. How do you engage your pupils using tech? Because I'm telling you now, other people will want to know what you're doing. So what are you waiting for? Get in touch at TT Radio 2022 and let us know what you want to tell us about tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Righty-ho, welcome back everyone. How are we doing? I love technology. Isn't it amazing? Thank God for the news is all I have to say. Right, for those of you just joining us, welcome along to Teachers Talk Radio. This is The Late Late Show. It is Monday the 19th of December, we are less than a week from Christmas. I'm not coping, but it's totally fine. I have got the most wonderful guest with me this evening, and I'm super excited to introduce you to this year's Pearson's FE Lecturer of the Year, Steph Levey, who should now be in the studio. Steph, are you there? Hi there. You are right, sorry. Can you hear oh, me okay? Goodness, absolutely. How traumatic was that? How are you? Oh yeah, I'm good. I was like, oh no, I hope I can get on okay. <laughs> what I love um, is that this this week it wasn't a tech issue at my end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes it, it, uh, to be honest, it seems to be quite the case for me lately with tech. <laughs> it's all I've been having. <laughs> oh um, goodness, how funny. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, just been pottering about. I think like everyone else, trying to sort out for Christmas and my list is as long as my arms. So yeah, how are you? I'm all right. Have you finished teaching now for Christmas? Yeah, so I finished on Friday, just gone. Um, nice. Yeah, so but I'm going to be popping into work to get to get bits done. It it seems to never end, even when you're finished. <laughs> oh God, definitely, definitely. I've only got. Um, uh, I'm off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, obviously because it's the weekend. Then I'm off Boxing Day on the Tuesday, and then I'm back on the Wednesday, and then I'm only off till the third of January. So. Oh my god! It's a long old, long old one. It's a long old one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always the case. It just flies by. I think the holidays when you add them, when you have them, and then you go back and you're like, oh my god, it feels like I've never had one. <laughs> Definitely, literally, yeah. Anyway, first of all, congratulations on the Pearson Award. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Has it has it sank in yet? Um, it it still feels quite surreal to be honest. I think um, it just feels quite um just a bit of a wild year, like a whirlwind. But yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Re really grateful for it and everything, for sure. Yeah. Well, we will we will obviously come on to the award and the process leading up to that in a little while. But I want to kind of go back to how you started your journey into education, because it's such a lovely story. I love it. When we caught yeah. up the other day, sort of where you started to where you are now in what we worked out was actually a 10 year journey. Yeah madness yeah. right so yeah. t take us back to 2013 you started as a was it a learning development assistant or an lsa 
Yeah, so it was, it was quite weird because I was at um, my last year of uni and we had a professional practice unit and um, for it I was applying for jobs, you know, because I kind of knew that I wanted to go into creative education and work within a college or uni setting. Um, so yeah, my first job was as a learning development assistant and um, in the evenings I was doing um, basically teaching Photoshop to adult learners in, in the evenings as part of my teaching hours for my PGCE. All um, oh, right, so you were doing your PGC alongside working full time as an LSA. Yeah, so I was um, so full time working um, as a learning support assistant, working with young people with disabilities and mental well being needs. Um, and then in my own time, I would then do voluntary voluntary teaching hours for my PGC yeah. and then studying my PGC. Yeah, <laughs> so it was pretty hectic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so was it kind of photography where your heart was or was it always art that you knew you were going to go back to? What was the kind of the story with that? So I think the main thing was because um, that because I was working full time, I couldn't actually get teaching hours on the kind of arts programs and the only oh, evening. Courses, yeah. So the only evening courses that were running were photography and what I was teaching was digital editing for uh, Photoshop, which was um within my fine art practice my I, my specialism is digital editing so that was kind right. of right on my street which was perfect really that sounds amazing yeah yeah so is when it, you when yeah. you got your pgce did you carry on as a photography lecturer no 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 so i um so when i qualified it was 2015 and um I got um, my first position as an art and design lecturer. So my my my, my studies was um, fine art in my BA, and then eventually, later on down the years, I've done my MA in fine art digital. So it was always like fine art background, and then I went into um, teaching as an art and design lecturer, but predominantly teaching on the graphics design programs over the years. Right. I see. Okay. Okay. And obviously you worked, you, you worked your way up. Did you become, you became obviously lead of the department. You had all your own stuff going on. Were you kind of really involved in deciding what was taught, how it was taught, the way it was delivered? Well, I think like the first, I think it was, let me think now, was I teaching? Yeah. So the first year I come in, um, I, I, I took over from my predecessor. So two lecturers okay. retired. Um, and the course was on like, 75% retention and achievement so I actually took over the level two art program to begin with as an art okay. lecturer and course leader um, and, and my kind of aim in the first kind of year was this needs to improve I want to get 100% retention achievement success um, and change up the level twos because I think they're you know and high right uh, well a lot of the students who go on level two programs they're kids that have come from impoverished areas they haven't achieved their yeah. GCSEs or they didn't get on well at school and for me I kind of related to that and I thought do you know what these kids are gold dust and you know they, they, they're diamonds in rough and they need to be invested yeah. in so I kind of made that my um I, I, I drove myself and was like actually you know matter what I'm going to try and get these shaped up and make them something people value so I worked with the course team and and in my first year of teaching, I got 100%. So it was initially 75% attention, retention, success, achievement. And then um, in my first year of teaching, I pushed that up to 100% um, from my predecessor, which I was pretty proud of. And it weren't easy as well. Because Mate, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard going. It was really tough because um, obviously you've got high level mental health, high level yeah. kids have been in exclusion alternative provision how units. Did you, and... How did you balance that with being able to obviously encourage them academically, but equally support them from a pastoral perspective? Was it through the use of the art that you were teaching them or was it kind of that that kind of helped you connect with them and be able to build that relationship? Relationship with your students that you were then able to carry on I think for me like the, the main thing in all of my teaching is connecting with them as people I think um, no matter what level so now now in 2022 um, I teach on HE higher education programs and level three now predominantly right. um, but no matter what level I teach on I think for me engaging with the student getting to know who they are actually showing that you care and making them feel like you know they matter I think for me that's that's always been a, my approach so yeah. you know who are you where are you from like let, let's be real here let's get to know each other what do you want to achieve because then they know that it's you know to me you know I know that we get drilled into us saying 
you know, Ofsted, the figures, the data, we have to do A, B and C. But to me, that all comes naturally. If you're in there, you're engaging those kids and those students and, you know, you relate to them, you, you show that you care, you have compassion, you care about where they're going in life. They'll All of that will come naturally. But I yeah. think sometimes we a lot of people flip it and they care too much about the data and the figures and actually it's not going to come because the the most important thing is when that student walks through that door are you relating to them are they engaged do they have respect for you and do you have respect for them because it's reciprocal isn't it 100 percent. oh my god i couldn't agree with you more literally i want to like stand on the roof and just shout everything that you've just said yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Steph. It's so important. And I think that yeah. every single teacher should practice that. I yeah, really do. Yeah. I just like genuinely like, um, I know it's like even when um, we used to get Ofsted visits and things like that, even now when oh, the word Ofsted. Get... Oh my God, yeah. But I think it's like you literally go into panic mode and everyone's like, oh my God, let's get the posters up. Let's get the pictures up. Let's yeah. make sure. You suddenly, correct. you immediately forget how to be a teacher, don't you? Yeah, I just, I, I just am like, look, they're people and they're just coming in to, to, you know, make sure we're doing the job. And I just see it as at the end of the day, like, just be yourself, just keep doing what you're doing because they're coming in and they're going to kind of support. They're going to know if you're putting a show on for them as well, aren't they? A hundred percent. But not only that, if your students are sitting in the room and all of a sudden you switch it up, and you, they know, come on now, they're going to sit there and be like, come on now, this isn't you, Steph. Like, they're going to be like, like give over, uh, what are you doing? Who are you yeah. Fool? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think, I think this is the thing, like, um, I think for me, like, I just be myself and like, I just try and crack on with my teaching and then I've always been not I'm quite direct in the sense of if someone comes in from Ofsted and I disagree with what they're saying I'm like no 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 it's the students that are the priority not this that and the other because I think we all know yeah. as teachers the yeah. goalposts every year change all the blooming time and some things are unrealistic and I think at the heart of it the most important thing is those students walking through that door engaging in your content really getting their teeth into what you're teaching them if you're doing that you know, yeah, you might not be on top of all your paperwork and all these other things, but do you know what? If those young people or those students are coming in and they're really kind of motivated, you're doing your job right. And Absolutely. try not to. I mean, it's impossible to do everything. That's the truth of it, no matter how, you know, and I'm saying that with this award on my shoulders now. And even I will say to you, I've, I've not done, I can't do every single thing in my everyday job at teaching. And I think you just got to prioritise, don't you? Of course you do. Of course you do. Absolutely. I've got dreadful feedback. Bear with me a minute. There we go. Is that better? Yes, that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I just heard myself like three times. It was very strange. But no, you're absolutely right. And I think the thing is, I always remember feeling like if I need to make sure that these young people leave us as you know decent human beings who are ready to take on the world, and if they don't, we've failed them. Yeah, a hundred percent. I used and... to take it completely per. I still do. I take it completely personally, Steph. I really do. If one of them doesn't achieve what they need, mm -hmm. I take it to heart that I've let them down. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. I think the thing is right. Like when when I think about being in school, I remember you know the words teachers would say to me, and I don't quite think like sometimes you know the weight on our shoulders. That one thing you say to a kid can impact the weight what they think or what they feel about themselves and I, I just think it's such a responsibility to yeah. give these people give these young people your students the motivation and the drive to believe that you know you know there is obstacles in life but if they've got the right attitude and they're willing to work for it the only boundaries are the ones they set themselves and we're there to give them the tools to unlock those doors but they can work with us and if they learn that to work with us and not against us they they can get you know soak up all the knowledge we can give them like a sponge and mm. keep progressing and developing in life and like you said I think when we're not tuned in to to letting students walk out the door without su success no. on them because that's what we want for them we want the best for them and I totally agree with what you're saying there that's the thing. I remember one of my my mentors when I was doing my when I was doing my PGCE, she said to me, she went, you have to learn to be able to disconnect when you get home. And she said to me, if you ever figure out how to do that, please tell me because I've been teaching for 20 years and I can't. Yeah. And you, you can't you can't let go of them, can you? It's really difficult. No. So, so yeah, sorry. sorry. No, sorry. Go on. You carry on. I was just going to say, like, I, when my students leave, I still say to them, you know, 
I'm still here. Doors always yeah. open. If you ever need support or help, drop me a message. Let me know how you get on when you go in the industry. Mm. Um, and I still talk to my students now. They'll contact me years later and message me and let me know what their life's like, what they've been doing. And I just think that's fantastic because it, it's just amazing to see where they've gone in life and what you're yeah. doing matters to an extent with, you know, with how you're supporting them. So yeah. that's the mark of a great teacher as well, I think. <laughs> i just think yeah i think we're, we're all i think anyone who goes into teaching we're all kind of we've just got that ingrained in us i believe that anyway nobody goes into teaching for you know for their own benefit you go into it because you want to help others and help you know develop their success in their life in any, any way you can so yeah yeah definitely oh we, we we always like to hope so hey yeah hopefully, <laughs> not always but you know you never yeah. know hopefully <laughs> so you you started as an lsa you've qualified you're working as an art lecturer you're doing amazing things and changing the world for so many students and then covid arrives oh god yeah <laughs> so what 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 happened how did you deal with that because I, from obviously the research and the reading that I've done, and obviously I've spoken to you prior to tonight, you put in place some pretty stunning initiatives during lockdown. <laughs> so when old Boris comes on the telly and goes, no, you're not allowed to, what did yeah. that, what did you went, right, well, that's not happening. So talk us through your process. Yeah, well, in, in the creative arts department, I know you used to work in Tresham with us quite a few years back, Sarah. So I did. I know that, you know, in our department, we do attract probably about over 50% high need students who have yeah. quite severe mental health. So my main concern was their safeguarding because when obviously they're in college, I can check on their well-being, make sure they're okay, make sure they're eating, make sure, you know, if they need safeguarding support or referrals. So you can imagine, I mean... You know, people in a quite a strong mental well-being mindset, even they struggle with lockdowns and everything else. So never mind, you know, young people who are going through it anyway. And then plus on top this, you know, it's like the world was on fire when everything was going on. And, you know, I just, you know, so anyway, so we had to be quite like a unit within our team. And what, what I did was talk to the team and set up. It wasn't so much like academic reviews, but more supportive kind of tutorials so every single week i made sure within my group to call every individual student and had a well-being check on them yeah. um talk through how they're getting on in general made sure they're okay some of them we had to um do referrals to things like food banks to um online mental health services to we doing online teaching during all this yeah, as well as this, yeah. I mean, a lot of right. this I was having to do in my evenings and things like that. So, you know, I'd finish work at five after online teaching during the day and then do wellbeing checks and ring up the students and just right. um, you know, do any referrals or anything I'd need to. And then regards to teaching, because obviously I'm teaching Adobe software, it was quite difficult because obviously... How the hell would you teach that online? <laughs> I know, right? So, I mean, like, what, what I did, I set up, like, an unlisted YouTube channel and then created um, video tutorials um, for my students and set that up so they could access that remotely from any location. But then the second issue was, was a lot of the students didn't have Adobe. So then we had to apply to Adobe to get in a free Adobe license for students during the pandemic so they could have Adobe software on their programs at home for free. Um, right. <laughs> So it was a whole. Can I just ask one a, question? Yeah, During it, lockdown, yeah. did you did you sleep ever? No, it was. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. Honestly, like I was probably. I think like many teachers in the UK. I think it intensified our workload and. Surely. You know, if I wasn't planning, I was calling students, calling their parents, doing referrals, doing mental health wellbeing checks. Um, you know, sometimes phoning up food banks or sometimes we'd open the college up as well for high need students, because obviously that was really important to have that. Yeah, some were still accessing being able to go into learning spaces, weren't they? Because those were the kind of yeah. higher risk or more vulnerable, for example. Oh, gosh, yeah. And it was, yeah. It was crazy because we've never anticipated anything like this in the world happening. And, you know, all 100%. of a sudden we all had to flip the teaching and, you know, really kind of rely on the students to work with us and, you know, kind oh, of... it was the definition of a flipped classroom, wasn't it? Oh my god, yeah. But yeah, so so done the video tutorials and set up the YouTube channel, and um, I obviously set up Art Mesh, which was an online zine, and it was um, where students could submit 
10 pieces so te- uh, students would right. submit go back go back a minute what was that called because i missed that when we were talking the other day yeah yeah so it's called um art mesh art mesh yeah so it's an anagram of the word tresham which is the college of work oh, wicked yeah I can't, I can't take credit for that it was actually so when i was coming up with the name i was you know Who was talking it? To it was Spencer, actually. Do you know um, this? Spencer, uh, I love yeah, Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Bless him. He used to tell me off because, sorry, just a quick digression because that's what I do. No, 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 no. I remember coming down when I was an English teacher there. I remember coming down to, oh, no, Spencer, I'm so sorry. Coming down to ask to borrow some resources for one of my students. And I said to him, can I borrow some like arty farty resources? And he looked at me with such a straight oh. face. And he went to me, he went, excuse me, we like to call it creative. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I was like Spencer I'm so sorry I've never wanted to make a man angry less in my life <laughs> he's, very, he's very very passionate about his discipline he is, he is. And I love he's a that wonderful about him, artist as well oh my god he's fantastic he's he's always doing something he's never ever you know and I think that's with every teacher we're always either researching or developing or you know I don't think our brains ever stop if we're not doing something for the students we're doing something for ourselves in some way or another Um, yeah I think that's one thing I can shout from the rooftops about that department at Tresham actually when we were both there everyone was like committed to the nth degree to their craft weren't they and the students in equal measures none of us slept ever honestly honestly even now like the the work that my I mean I've grew up in that team I was I'm 33 this year and I was 23 when I started working there so that's mental isn't it oh don't I was 40 the other month it's ridiculous (laughs) I was like I I, I started uni when I when I did my subject degree I was 29 and I'm just stop it it's just rude quite frankly (laughs) like when you look at back I grew up in that department like from the age of 23 and you know when when this award got um said about it I was like you know this is not just for me it's for my team because I've you know through them I've grew up and they've all impacted me and developed me in all their different ways and you know helped shape become who I am as a teacher and as a practitioner so you know it's just it was just awesome to be able to represent them and um you know it's just it's, it's quite wild really isn't it it's, <laughs> it is, it's completely wild it is completely wild so tell us about your amazing students and the work that they put into art mesh during lockdown because obviously we came off topic ever so slightly there yeah <laughs> yeah so we knew mesh, we were going to do it <laughs> I, know, I know i know i know i'm so bad at this i am um, I, do, I do it all the time as well in class i'm like duh, 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 duh. and then they're like in the staff that. room we used to go through 24 subjects in about 10 minutes honestly honestly <laughs> i'm still yeah all the time but um yeah so art mesh so what it was um based on was that students would submit work um and then I got together a team of lecturers there's the committee panel so it was yeah. like kind of unbiased and different lecturers from each subject area and then students okay. 10 10 were selected a month so 10 submissions were selected a month out of the submissions that were submitted and then they were published in the digital zine which was published online as a digital um is you ebook and then that was shared across the social channels so it was a way for students to engage to present their work in a professional setting to build confidence and showcase in their work. But because obviously a lockdown and all this stuff going on, they didn't get an end of year show. They didn't get to do pop-up shows. They get didn't get to do any of their enhancement they'd normally do. So I was trying to put all these initiatives together to try and make sure that they weren't, you know, hindered as much as, you know, as, as they could be and try, trying to help them to engage yeah. with alternative activities and support them. So what sort of stuff did they submit? What was the, what was the kind of content that was in it? Oh my gosh! Is it accessible? Can anyone see it? Or yeah, yeah. So if you type in like Tresham College, wait there. Let me just type in. If you type in Tresham College, <laughs> and then live in, action oh, radio. This is everyone. Yeah, Tresham College, <laughs> and then you put in um, is you art mesh a r t m e s h. It you send me come. send me this stuff and I'll post it afterwards because I know Rupinda's going to be. I can see she's watching and listening, yeah, and I can literally yeah. feel her head exploding about this. So I will send it to her. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. So it's like when I say to you, when you see the work, it's so yes. different. She's diverse. literally just messaged me going, "Yes, please," with loads of exclamation marks. <laughs> yeah. What I'll do is I'll I'll give it you on LinkedIn now in a message the link, but drop it yeah, in. I'll forward it to her. 
it's so diverse the the work from like fashion pieces to digital illustrations to mixed media works to production arts doing production setups um to um image manipulation a lot of it's still image and that's something that we'd like to look at developing later on down the line but is making it more interactive but it it works quite nicely at the minute um yeah. as it is so yeah so at the minute there's three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve twelve editions right wow yeah. <laughs> okay gosh wow you're so busy <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just think it sounds like such an amazingly diverse celebration of the amazing platform that is the creative arts as well and the mm. fact that even in a global pandemic you still made sure that that happened and that those artists would be able were able to create their art and you mm. gave them a place to do that I mean yeah. if that isn't a definition of a lecturer <laughs> of the year I don't know what is <laughs> I don't know I just I, I, like for me I just I see so many great practice like amazing practice around me all the time and you know in different you know I, I, I always struggle to take compliments so I always found this award quite difficult when everyone's complimenting me because I'm like to me I'm just doing my job but obviously like it's just ingrained in me to always push to always drive to innovate and I don't really see that as and I know I'm not saying this for credit or anything, but I don't see it as going above and beyond because for me to do everything I possibly can to support my students is something that everyone should do when you're in this job. And I just, you know, I mean, there was probably days where I didn't sleep and, you know, you work 15, 16 hours and yeah. it, it can be quite, quite hustle bustle crazy. And, you know, but to me, you know, when you, like we talked at the start, when you're working with young people, you just, or, or students in general, just, you know you do everything you can to support them in any way and mm. you know it's just ingrained in me really crikey yeah right it absolutely is it definitely is so let's 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 get to the let's get to the award because it's killing me tell yeah. how how did it how did it come about was it was it obviously we've talked about this but yeah how did you how did you first get kind of like the chinese whisper that this could potentially be a thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh my god so I had no idea so I was sitting in my year two graphics class and um I got an email and it was like oh you've blah 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 you've this is the award for the national and I thought oh someone spammed me I started laughing I thought it was a joke <laughs> honestly I, delete spam no, I swear down I thought it was a joke I was like oh blimmin it who spammed me so I, I just started That's laughing hilarious. And, my student said, "What's up, Steph?" I said, "Oh, some some blooming numpty spammed me and saying I've got some award." And they, you know, they started chuckling. So I was like, "Oh, crack on with teaching," and just you know, ignored it. So yeah. then later on, I popped into my head of school's office, and she's like, "You're right. How's your day going?" I says, "Uh, I just had a well weird email, bloody spam. I deleted it though because it's one of those things. I don't want to get a virus or whatever in that." Right. She said, "What did it say?" And I said about it, and she just smiled at me, and I said what are you looking at me like that for? And she went, no, that's, that is real. You've been um, nominated um, by, it was a, a Rachel, Rachel down at customer, customer services. Um, oh, and lovely then, Rachel. Yeah, lovely Rachel. So Rachel nominated me and then I, they conspired. So the directors and the heads and different people conspired behind my back, putting together this nomination for me. And I hadn't, I didn't have a clue and they um obviously all submitted it and i was like swines the swines Steph. i know yeah but i was like I, th I genuinely was like just shocked because i thought it was a joke and i i only went i only mentioned it because i was more worried about like someone try to hack my computer or something yeah. <laughs> Honestly. that just shows how beautifully modest and humble you are though but so was <laughs> it like did you like just go into the staff room and be like right listen everybody I need to have a word for you about this oh <laughs> uh, no I just was like I just I can't explain it I was quite taken aback and I was like I didn't understand why or you know what it I, I didn't quite even yeah. know what it was about to be honest um so I was kind of like what and then marketing come and got me and had a chat with me and I was like I I just honestly I just couldn't believe it I was just so taken aback by it and you know really honored that someone had looked at me and seen what I had done and yeah you know it was just yeah wonderful really lovely to be valued like that by people on my team and you know outside of my team as well you know it means a lot yeah 
Yeah. So you were, obviously you were nominated. You thought it was a spam thing. Everyone was like, oh, <laughs> no, it's real. And then did everything kind of return to normal and you kind of forgot about it? And then Richie Anderson arrived, apparently. <laughs> well, it was a weird build-up because what actually well, weren't, happened... you in, weren't you in New Zealand? Well, well, it was a well, even before that, it's a weird build-up, right? So you get told, right, this, you, you get... um. So they said you're nominated, but, you know, it's a big competition and, you know, you might not get shortlisted. And then just before I went away to New Zealand, I um, I was on, I was planning the trip to New Zealand, but I got told to come down to the office. And I was like, right. oh, God, well, they're going to tell me, like, well done, pat on the back, but you've not got through. And they said to me, Steph, you've been shortlisted for the Silver Award. So... Stop I was like, it. what? So I was like, what? I was like, what? And then they said to me, so what you get is like, you get to go on a, a cruise in London for like a celebration for all the silver winners. And then the silver winners, I think it was five of them, then get put through to the finals of the gold award, which will be in November announced live on the BBC. And I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> so a few days before New Zealand, like literally two days before I flew, it got announced that I was a, a shortlisted for a silver award winner. And then the very next day I had to go down to London to the ferry and you go underneath the Tower of London Bridge on the, on the boat. Yeah. And I was like, I felt dead posh, I tell you. I had finger bites <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I was like, this Sorry, is life. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty awesome. But the, the worst part about it was I struggle with seasickness. So I was like on the oh, ferry holding no. on for dear life. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! And I was like, do you know how someone's standing on a surfboard, like trying yeah. to balance them? And I'm like, all suited and booted up, trying to look all suave. In the next minute, holding a table with my legs apart and trying to keep my balance so I don't topple over on this bloody boat in front of everyone. <laughs> oh, you're so glamorous! <laughs> I know, I know, right? Right, right. TV material that is, isn't it? Oh gosh! So then Richie Anderson arrived. <laughs> Well, yeah, so even before that, so I got back from New yeah. Zealand, right? Yeah. So come back and um, long story short, I, I come back to work and whatnot. And then what happened was um, they, the BBC, they contacted us and they said, so I had I did not have a clue. They were like, we, we need to come in, we're filming everyone. And I'm quite naive, right? Not not yeah. all the time, but sometimes I'm quite naive in this sense. So I was like, oh, bloody hell, it must be a lot of work going around filming everyone who's a silver winner. <laughs> So obviously, like, so they come in and filmed me and spent the evening because I skateboard coach at Adrenaline Alley. So they came and filmed me there skate yeah. coaching. And then they came to my work the next day and filmed me all day teaching from like 10.45 till about 2. And you and didn't then cotton they thought, on at all? No, I just thought... I just thought they were doing it for everyone. So I was like, what? oh my God, this is a lot of effort they're putting in, isn't they, to film everyone, to put on the show. Well, they're paid, they're paid loads, Steph. They're paid loads. Right. <laughs> I mean, clearly, blooming heck. Do you know what I mean? It's mental, that. And then they said to us, oh, you need to come over and meet us at Adrenaline again. And I thought, why do they want me to meet them there? So I'd, I, actually, I had no idea, like literally no idea. That's the. You would be so easy to do a surprise party for. Honestly, <laughs> I really would. But you know what was really funny? The only time I cottoned on was something was going on was because Rachel um, was like to me, oh, Steph, you have to go over at this time. Just wait behind with me for a coffee or something. And I'm like, yeah. why is she trying to hold me back from going I to see. soon? And then so like, a little bit of you for a minute was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> well, I was confused because they did say to us, they said, you're not going to get um, – the award until the night on the 27th of November on the BBC in yeah. the, on the one show. So I thought there's no way, um, there's no bloody way they're doing it. And and then I was a bit upset because I'll be honest, I was driving over to Adrenaline and I thought I'm really upset because if my mum and my sister's not there and they surprise me, I'll be dead upset because I really, I would really want them there. Yeah. <laughs> And then I, I voice noted my mum and I voice noted my sister as well. And I says, oh, I'm a bit worried, guys, because I've got I've just got a bit of a weird feeling something's going on. And I'm really upset that, you you know, you're not going to be there and something's going to happen. And, Did you know, they know. Yeah. You know, they didn't. <laughs> I swear to God. So they knew. And my best friend, who's like my brother, knew. And. I had no idea, but they had known for days and played it like they knew nothing. So there's me driving over, I pull over, voice note them, say to them, 
A, B and C a bit worried. I think something's going down. I'm really upset because if something happens and you're not there, like yeah. that would make me sad because they mean the world to me. So having them there to experience it would be really important. But like... 100%. But but they already knew about it, so it's fine. <laughs> well, unbeknown to me, they're all blooming sitting in this room at Adrenaline hiding away from me. Gosh. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Honestly, it was well planned. It worries me how good they are at hiding things, even my students. I thought I, mean, I there you go. You're going to be, like, super suspicious about literally everything in your life now. Well, they all got a minibus over. My students got a minibus <laughs> over from the college to Adrenaline Alley. And then my family were all hiding in the room, and so were the students. And then, you know, <laughs> as you see on the TV, I'm sitting down chatting to Richie, and I thought, I can't turn around because... If I turn around, we're going to have to reshoot the scene again. And this happened all day where, like, something happened or someone got in the shot and we had to reshoot it again. So I thought, I'm going to keep my head looking at him because I can tell someone's coming in the background. And I was worried that we're going to have to reshoot the scene again. So, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realise. But I, I love that that's what you were worried about. <laughs> yeah, and then I turn around. And the thing what cracked me up the most was when I seen my little nana and my nan hates any kind of socialising. She's 84 years old. So to get her out of her house to come Lesser. to there, it took a lot, honestly. So it just, oh, my heart melted when I seen her little face. And I just oh, thought, Oh, nan, I love your nan. I love your no. nana. That's <laughs> so amazing. The, she's the best, isn't she? She's, she's a wild one. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> bless her did she did she have a sherry for you <laughs> oh, do, do you know what she's she is gonna outlive all of us she doesn't drink doesn't smoke. honestly she's fit as a fiddle that woman she does more joyful than... like that honestly it's mad isn't it it's just a d different different generation they're built like brick they are yeah definitely <laughs> they absolutely are so one of the things that i loved was I'm, I'm, i must i must just read you some comments that i've had come in steph so yeah, sure, I had a message yeah. from Gareth saying, so great to hear such positivity. Rupinda says, what a great story. So happy for you. And Paul says, congratulations. It sounds so well deserved. Oh, and so much, everyone. <laughs> I think this is the thing. I remember I remember finding out that you were going to be on the one show. And I was like, right, I messaged everyone that I knew. I was like, I know her, she's my friend. I've worked with her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I invite I invited people over and people who kind of knew you, people who kind of knew you from college and stuff and that kind of thing. So we were there celebrating, like we're gonna celebrate with them, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there was this wonderful moment at the end when you were presented with obviously the skateboard yeah yeah and it was a wonderful lady that presented you with the skateboard so can you tell us a little bit about the amazing student of Lee Blissett yeah so oh gosh when I mean I've been really fortunate over the years to work with a lot of students who you know you just meet some students in and they imprint on you um yeah. And so basically, I knew Lee when he was 16 years old. And so did I. Yeah, yeah, you've actually taught him. Basically. I taught him. Yeah, you did actually. And um, he came to college and he, you know, he got he got poorly. And it turned out, unfortunately, he had cancer. Um, and it was quite aggressive. And he had to eventually leave college to get treatment. And then last year, I had a message. And um, I was like, Lee... Lee and then I seen the second name so I rang the person up straight away and I said is is this Lee Lee my Lee from a few years ago and he said it's Lee Steph so I was absolutely stoked because you know I always had such you know love for this kid who was just such a strong and inspirational young man yeah and he says you know I want to come back to college and I want to you know train to be a graphics designer and he was just honestly the attitude and the positivity on him like it was just unbelievable like unreal to say yeah, all these dreams didn't he honestly he just he just wanted to have um you know the life of any normal young man and to be successful and you know to to, to live his dream and you know to be a student and engage and it was just wonderful so he come back and he was really engaged and you know cracking on with his sessions making friends and yeah one day i got an email from him i think it was, it was quite late at night and i just knew you know he said to me I, I need to talk to you and I just knew I, I knew it wasn't going to be good news and I knew that he was still you know in and out of treatment and getting reviews and so on so I come into work the next day and I had a chat with him and his mum and they come in 
come and met me and you know that's when they told us that he only had a few months left to live and it was terminal and it was I mean as a teacher you you're prepared when your student has mental health when they are going through you know an abusive situation or um, you know they've got difficulties going on in their life such as you know food poverty or financial crisis yeah. you can do things to help them but when you're told yeah. you know that your students terminally ill and they've not got long to live I just oh god it was just awful like I, I genuinely nothing prepares you for that like no matter how much you try and keep professional boundaries on not get emotion emotional it's impossible and you know I, I grew quite a good bond with Lee and a lot of respect for him and his family because they were just incredible people and I think I said to Lee jokingly, we had re a really good kind of teacher-student relationship. And I said, you're the only man to ever make me cry, Lee. <laughs> and he started <laughs> laughing at me. And, um, oh, bless him. And you know what? He, um, you know, took pretty much till the very end, he was coming in college, even when, um, even when he was on his oxygen and he was getting really yeah. poorly. And, you know, I said to him, you know, let's sit down. Let's, you know, what I said to his mom in the meeting when this happened, about doing a fund a GoFundMe so that he could use it to do whatever he wanted to with his family the last few weeks or months that he had. Um, so yeah, so I've done the GoFundMe and um, I think we, I think it was just over three grand we raised and you know, he, he'd done lots of like a fancy dress party with his family, he got tattoos, he went on experiences with them and- Good lad. Yeah, he just lived life to the fullest. Good lad. On his last day of college, um, so you got too unwell to come in but i rang him up and i says stop i says get your bum in i need to see you we're gonna have one last day before you sign off from college you know um we, we all want to see you and unbeknown to him um i've got a friend who's got loads of fancy dress outfits and i got all his group to dress up in the wildest fancy dress outfits and we all stood outside the college and we met him and his mum in the car and we'd done a fancy dress fun photo shoot and um oh yeah goodness. yeah I, his mum's i made her a little video and stuff and it was just yeah it was just there's some students that come into your life and i think he'll always you know he, his attitude was amazing and one of the things that he um he wore as a necklace on he he had the saying i can i will mm. um and it was his way of being like i, I will always get through whatever faces me he just yeah he, amazing strength of character huge strength of character i remember lee coming in as a very young 16 year old going on 25 thought he was going to take over the world and in his yeah. own way do you know what he did yeah he well did sorry tom but he did <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh my Definitely. goodness so what, what what did he what was his what did he come out with at the end tell us what he tell us what he got at the end because his mum very proudly showed his certificates didn't she yeah so um I, she, she didn't know but what i did was um it was october half term actually and i rang up the awarding body ual um i was supposed to be on holiday during this time and i spent the whole week contacting just, just, UAL. Book, a, just book a spa weekend it's just a suggestion yeah yeah no <laughs> but yeah but i rang up ual and i was just um i assisted them you know I need to we need to do something you know this young man's so inspiring and everything he's done and how hard he's tried to work on the program etc and anyway we got him an aggregate award of a distinction to recognize him as a student and as someone who contributed to the college contributed to his studies and um, I made sure they, they actually fast-tracked it for me so we could get it to him before he passed away um, oh, God. Yeah, so he actually he actually got that before he passed away, which was really important. And it was yeah, it's it's a year ago. It's an it's a year actually since he's passed away, Christmas Eve. Um, Stop this it, year. is it? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be a year on the twenty fourth of December. I would light a candle for him, Steph. Yeah, yeah. It's just this. It's crazy. Time just goes by. I can't but believe I think, that's been a year. Yeah, I know. Honestly, it feels like yesterday. It genuinely does, and. You know, I just think that I think this is it makes you realize, like as a teacher, you know, whatever student you come across, whether, you know, or whatever things they endure in life, you know, you as a teacher can help support those young people. And, yeah, you know, 
and even their families and it, you know i do it all again in a heartbeat and I, and I never genuinely i don't do anything for recognition whether i'm recognized or not i just i just it's just in me like it is with most teachers to, to go and support any student that needs our help I mean, if that isn't an advert for joining, probably one of the most beautiful professions, I don't know what is. Steph, I'm so chuffed that you've been talking to me tonight. Thank you so much for sharing your entire 10-year journey with us. And not only that, sharing your Pearson Award and some of your amazing students and obviously Lee Blissett with us as well. I do have one question I want to ask you before we finish, and it's one that I like to ask at the end of my my interviews when I chat to any of my guests um, and I'm going to put you on the spot because I've just realized I haven't told you I'm going to do this um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry is there anyone anyone who was one of your teachers or a teacher that you've worked with who just inspired you to you know go on and become this amazing teacher that you are today that kind of put that into you that you know I'm going to make that difference is there a time frame on this? No, <laughs> oh, go for it. Go for it. You've got about five minutes. We're all good. Yeah, I can, I'll do it in five minutes. So when I, was young, yeah, when I was younger, um, I basically had two teachers. They were called Miss Brown and Miss Brown. So they were known as, Miss as Brown the Browns. Miss Brown and Miss Brown. Yeah, yeah. So they were I was known basically... as the Browns. What, like the a Browns, man. yeah. I love that. <laughs> and basically, like, honestly, the Browns, they were the most wonderful teachers ever and um one of them actually signed up to an art a level class and would pick me up and drop me off every evening and signed up just so i could go to the art a level class in the evening because my mom was a single parent and would work three jobs four jobs at a time to support us right so one of the teachers actually signed up to the a level art class and would basically take me every single week just so i could engage in that class um and they even took me on special trips to you know, to, to like London, um, to art shows and really took me under their wing. And I think if it weren't for them, cause I was, I was never engaged in school and I really struggled. And, you know, I was, I was brought up, you know, with my mom, single parent household who worked all the time. And yeah, I, I, you know, I really struggled with school. It wasn't something that ever really come natural to me. Um, and then these two teachers just said to me, you know, you've got potential with your art, you know, and took me under their wing. So I think for me, they they massively imprinted on me because even though I was a bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of a bugger at times, I was always polite and things nice. like that. <laughs> I was a bit of a bugger, but I just wasn't, you know, I just was not seen. I wasn't kind of, no, I wasn't given the time by the teachers until those two teachers come along and actually said, no, we see you, we hear you and we're going to work with you. And, they just got me and got on my level and supported me and I genuinely don't think if it was for them I wouldn't have done my art classes and I wouldn't have engaged and I think that's why even in my teaching I you know really try and understand the student as a person not not just as a student you know because I think I I can relate to that you know when you're yeah. just kind of not seen and you're seen as another another person or a number and you know so they definitely imprinted on me and they were just absolutely just wonderful teachers and yeah so I definitely would say the Browns <laughs> the Browns <laughs> yeah the Browns they're amazing though lovely bless them are you still in touch with them at all well actually like I bumped in I quite a few years ago I bumped into one of them at the gym and I did I did say to her of course oh, you they, did yeah <laughs> everyone bump into your ex-teachers <laughs> honestly everyone knows everyone everyone knows everyone where I live honestly and um I did bump into them and I just said to them, thank you. And uh, I actually was thinking if I contacted the school to see if they're about, but I, I don't know because they were of an older age when I left. So I don't know if they are still right. about now. Um, but yeah, they honestly, I just think that um, you, you just get some special people and, you know, whether it's teachers or mentors or whoever, like, you know, they can really imprint on you. And I think, you know, that those two teachers really supported me and made a difference to me for sure. Bless you. That's amazing. What's next? What is your next mission to change the world? What is, what is your oh, next yeah. project, your next thing that you're going to do? Well, at the minute I'm actually, <laughs> it's quite weird you ask that actually, because um, there's a lot of obviously poverty at the minute. And I was talking to a friend of mine who works um, in politics and, 
I'm trying to look at social. You have a friend in politics. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's actually working to try and be the next MP of um, of our county. Ooh. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I've got to be careful what I say because it's something that he's, he's putting together. I don't know if it's public yet, but yeah. So he's he's as he long as he's all pro everything we want for education, I'm all for it. Oh God, yeah, yeah, definitely. And we were talking about social like equality and you know and one of the things i'm working on at the minute i've started to go from me and i'm trying to network with local companies to set up um basically food banks across the um tresham college wellingborough corby kettering sites because we're getting a lot of students in that have basically um are struggling and because yeah. of the current crisis with energy costs with um you know the cost of living going up um you know we've got a lot more students coming in yeah where they are struggling and they're not eating and it's it's, that shouldn't be happening absolutely not you know and if we want the students to engage you know they need to have their basic needs met so with the current threshold with the government if a parent or a household is earning seven thousand pound or more okay then basically that 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 does mean that um the parents not entitled to have um the student have free meals in college how crazy is that seven thousand pounds so if you're on a, if you're on a salary a year of twelve thousand pound a year, right, and you're a single parent, your student, your child who say goes to college or whatever, basically won't be, able be entitled to free. To free a, 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 that's insane, isn't it? And that's the that's threshold the government set. So you can imagine the amount of kids that have had free school meals in secondary school, and then they come to college, and then basically our student service team, like I've talked to them, and you know they've got a um, a small fund that they have to try and put aside to support students but it's just being decimated because the amount of students that are coming in in poverty stricken situations needing food so that's my initiative i'm working on at the minute is networking with local companies to try and get non-perishable foods and set up a food bank at the corby kettering and wellenborough campuses yeah. and then starting a funding uh, go from me as well to try and raise proceeds for student services at those sites as well um wow. so that's one thing i'm working on is about <laughs> Off the back of that, just remind me after we finish here that I need to have a conversation with you about that. I have a thing that I need to talk to you about. You've literally yeah, just like 55 ideas in my head. Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. great. I mean, there's 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 so many of there's a quite a lot of initiatives I'm working on um, at the minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think so we're going to have to do a series of shows. <laughs> we can, yeah. I mean, I'm really we're like half hour. <laughs> I think. I think the thing is what bothers me is because like I'm you know my background I was brought up in a council estate you know yeah. with a single parent and was seen as an underdog in society and was kind of never was always looked past like nobody ever kind of thought anyone like me would achieve anything you know I didn't even know what university was when I was a kid mm. and I think that's the issue is like when when you have you know people that give you opportunities to support the provisions and you know even my mom she always said you achieve anything you set your mind to um you know that's important and so that's why it's to me it's so important that people in no matter where they come from where they start off in life that that they all have opportunity to develop to achieve to succeed and that we as educators are there to support that but alongside that there needs to be other provisions in place to support those young people as well and that's what i'm really passionate about and driving so yeah we definitely need to get you back on here again <laughs> we need, we need to do another just literally what we need to do is we need to set another like we'll do like three monthly intervals of like which new initiative is where and how everyone can get involved and help i think this could be a thing <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean definitely i mean you know for, for for me i think you know the community that i'm in we all very kind of like we all look after each other and Definitely. that's always been in my heart is we look after our own and we look after each other and I think I don't know have you ever watched the film pay it forward Sarah I have actually that that film is literally how when I was little and I watched that for, for the people that are listening like when I was younger there's a film called pay it forward with a little boy from sixth sense so if you've not seen yeah, that you if you haven't it. seen it you need to watch it it's an amazing um, film oh it's bloody amazing and I watched that as a kid and I thought to myself that's how I want to live my life you know so this yeah. sounds a bit morbid but I think to myself you know when when you die and when you're in your deathbed and you look back on your life you don't look back and go oh 
look at all the materialistic items I bought or all the all the money I made. You look back at the experiences, at the impact on what people had on you or what you had on others. And I think as a profession, as a teacher, there's so many things that we can do. You're absolutely right. It's like when you stand at someone at a funeral, does some people don't stand up and say, Do you know what? She had a really great sofa and beautiful shoes. Exactly. And this is the thing, I think. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not not to say that you're not allowed to have nice things in life. Don't get me wrong. Like, for anyone that's read a a bit about me, I'm obsessed with skateboarding in my my own time. And And you make it look really cool as well, which is really (laughs) annoying. Oh no, I don't know about that. I think when I'm falling on my backside, it's definitely not cool. <laughs> I kind of wish they'd showed a little bit more on the one show, actually, of you doing a bit more skating. Well, um, you, follow, yeah. you follow me on my Instagram, I think, so you probably see the good fit that I have on there. And oh, Steph, I'm locked out on my Instagram at the minute. I can't cope with it because I've changed my phone number, and Instagram doesn't know how to cope with it. Oh, but anyway, no. um, we the show like finished like minutes ago. But do you know what? I don't care because I could talk to you for hours. Steph, <laughs> thank you so so much for joining no me on the Late Late Show tonight, and purely because. I'm having to cut you off and we haven't finished talking. I am having you back on in the new year. If you got, will you chuck me some spare time at yeah, some sure, point sure. and we'll do this again. Rupinder says to say, thank you, Steph. It's been an amazing show. Noam's message saying I've just joined. Thank I really you. appreciate the show tonight. Have a great Xmas, everybody. So yes, thank you so much for joining me tonight, Steph. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait oh, to see thank what you, you do next. Me. And we are having cake in the new year. Oh, God, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. And thanks, Sarah, for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely. And have a good Christmas, everyone. You too. Merry Christmas, Steph. Take care. Merry Christmas. Have a good one. Bye. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. That was Steph Leve, this year's Pearson FE Lecturer of the Year. Oh, my goodness. How amazing are they? Like, I don't even care that I've run over. I'm going to get an email from Tom telling me off. But thank you so much for all the amazing messages you've sent in for Steph this evening. It's been so wonderful to have them on the show and I can't wait to do it again. I'm pretty sure that they will blow our minds the next time they come on with even more amazing stories and initiatives that are being put into place. This is my last show till the new year. I will be back in January. Have an amazing Christmas, everybody. Make sure you stay safe. Make sure you eat far too much and drink way too much Baileys. Have a wonderful time. Enjoy the Christmas break. And I will see you in the new term. Take care, everyone. Bye.